Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning, LBCF fam. It's good to uh, be able to spend some time with you this morning and have a conversation about what's going on here in Ephesians. So how can we, as the multi-ethnic and diverse family of God, fulfill our calling while we ourselves wrestle with our own hyper-individualism? Last week, we had the opportunity to get into the book of Ephesians, and JC did such a, a masterful job in providing the theological basis that Paul lays out as it relates to us being adopted and brought in to the family of God. And so if you hadn't had the opportunity to to hear that, I encourage you, I listened to it twice, and I'd say I got more from that message the second time than the first time that I heard it. It was just so, uh, it was just so, so powerful. And so I definitely encourage you to hear that. And so as JC was was going through and again, um, outlining what Paul is instructing to this group of believers in Ephesus and whom he has a strong relationship with, he goes into the idea of the, the the gospel and and not only is it a gospel in which we have a relationship with God through what Jesus did and it's a personal relationship one on one there is a whole lot more to that it is what as uh, JC mentioned last week it is that big G it is the fact that not only do we have a relationship with with God but also we are brought in and we're made new and and we have a new identity because now our association with Jesus and him identifying us as his own it's not about being a, a, a better Jew or, or a better Gentile. Paul doesn't say, hey, you know what? If you accept Christ and if you have a relationship with Christ, you now have to assume the posture of the dominant culture in his day. Um, he was talking about, you know, you don't have to be a better Jew in order for you to, um, to accept God and have a relationship with him. But we as Jews, as Paul's, or we as Jews, now they become new creations as well as those that are Gentiles, they become new creations. So we assume a whole new identity because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter if you're American, it doesn't matter if you're Mexican, European, uh, Korean, it doesn't matter if you are Democrat, doesn't matter if you're Republican, doesn't matter if you're independent, all that is, is uh, all that, it doesn't take the precedence or it doesn't, um, it doesn't take the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It it doesn't take, it's, it's not more, it's not important than our new identity and our new relationship with Jesus Christ. And we all get to partake of that. That is the message of the full G, the, of that the gospel is not just our own individual relationship with God and the fact that he chooses us of all people. He chooses us, but then he also chooses others so that we can collectively 
live into that big G. I mean, God is is operating on on, on another level. I mean, it's, it's it's like Denzel Washington in Training Day. You know, I mean, this is chess. It's not checkers. You know, so that's how God is seeing things, and that's how God is operating in that that we all get to be brought into this relationship with God. And as a result of that, we are a collective family together made up of different backgrounds, uh, cultures, communities, and we all get to enjoy uh, being a family of God. And we all get to enjoy not only being chosen by him, but we are called out of our old humanity. We're called out of our, our sin and we are called into that relationship with God and that relationship with each other. And that's just such, such great news. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. Because while that is an awesome thing and, and we can live into that, the, the issue is, is that we sh still struggle with our own perspective. We still struggle with our individualism. We, we still struggle with promoting our own goals, our own interests above that of, of the, the, the community. And as a result of that, if we elevate this and we, we focus on our own perspectives, our, 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 our own uh, agenda, our, our own interests, and we simply focus on those, we create that competition, which is totally antithetical which is totally the antithesis of what God intended for us all as a multicultural family and a community of God to be together. So then how do we then, how do we fulfill our calling while we still wrestle with our own individualism, when we still wrestle with our own self-sufficiency, when we still wrestle with our own self-preservation and, and, and our way is, is the highway? How, how do we fulfill our calling? So Paul continues on in his discussion and what makes Ephesians a powerful, uh, a, a powerful letter is that he's not addressing any major issue like he is in, uh, like he did with the church at, at, at Corinth. Mm -hmm. He is, and because he's not addressing any major issue, he is focusing on the fullness of being in relationship with Christ and being in relationship with community and, and, and what that looks like. And so Paul himself, as he's writing this letter, he's under forced quarantine, kind of like us a little bit, although he's in a more dire situation in the sense that he's in prison, he's in house arrest. And so yet, because of his love for the church at Ephesus, because of his love for the surrounding believers in Asia Minor, this letter is circulated through all the groups of believers in that area. And so he continues on and, and we're gonna do a running commentary as we're gonna do a running commentary as we look at Ephesians chapter four. We're just gonna highlight a couple of things because the great thing is, is that Paul is extremely practical. Now that we are in that relationship, what does it look like for us as called out ones? What does it look like for us as a community to behave or to act towards each other to really demonstrate that love uh, of Jesus to a lost and a dying world. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter four. I'm gonna go old school and it's gonna pop up on your screen, but I'm gonna read it from, um, from my Bible here. It says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, 
to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You know, as I read this, I'm reminded of a time that uh, I had a conversation with uh, some in our own LBCF community uh, that are, are part of the LGBTQ community. And I can remember the conversation having with them. And, and I didn't know exactly what to say, but I, I just wanted to learn more of their perspective. And, and so I felt funny because I didn't want to say anything to sound offensive. I, I mean, that wasn't my intent. My intent was really to understand more of their perspective and, and, and more of their experience. And, and I remember um, I remember this couple just extending so much love and, and so much so much grace. And they just allowed me to, you know, trip up. Obviously they 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 held me accountable and you know they 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 corrected me where I needed it to correct me. But at the same time, um, it was just their approach to it was just one of of love and they just gave me that allowance and and that really inspired me now to this day where when people are asking me especially with everything that's going on people are asking me about my uh my black experience and and what that looked like and and uh, some of them they don't have the exact words to say or they have that fear and so it just really encouraged me and inspired me to provide that opportunity where we are making to be gentle and to be humble and really making that allow allowance in our conversations. So are we allowing that in our conversations? Are we allowing others room? Are we allowing, um, are we allowing them to speak? Are we approaching our conversations in a humble and a, and a gentle manner? He goes on to say, always yourselves, verse, verse three, always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. I'm going to advance a little later on in the chapter. We're going to slip on to verse 21. It says, since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because you are a new person and created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. You know what the awesome thing about being in relationship and, and, and being a part of God's family? We are a new creation. We are, we assume, or we're not, we don't assume, but we are given a new identity as being part of God's family. He goes on to say, so put away, verse 25, so put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. See, it's not only that we belong to God as a relation of being in the community and fellowship with God. Part of the big G is that not only do we belong to God, but we also belong to each other. 
it's kind of like a coloring book where you have the outline of whatever the thing that, that you're coloring and you see the picture and, and, and what it looks like, but it's incomplete. It's only when we add the color to the picture that we'll be able to see the fullness of what that image looks like. And for us, God has established a framework for his family. He has provided a way for us to become a part of his family. We color that image by how we treat one another, by how we live and how we act towards one another. That's part of what the big G gospel is. Going on, it says, and don't let, verse 26, and don't let sin, by don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, or don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Fail, big fail for me. If you don't believe me, just ask my wife to sell, fail. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Hmm. If you are a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work and then give generously to others in need. Verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. You know, the, in the King James, it mentions unwholesome speech, and that lends to the Greek, which literally means rotten. So picture like a piece of old fruit or something that you may have forgotten in your fridge or something. And after two weeks, you pull that out and you just see it just being absolutely um, just taken out by mold and, and by rot. And so that's the image here. It's like we need to watch what we say because we don't know maybe by what we're saying, is that introducing rot into someone else's life? In our conversations, whether it be by phone or, or on Facebook or, or anywhere that we're communicating with each other. And it's more than just cursing. It is, are we in our conversations introducing rot into our person's, into our brother's or our sister's life? He goes on and he says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And don't br do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way we live. Remember, he is the one who has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. We are identified by God as his own. And so as a result, get, let's get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior, and instead be kind to each other, tender-hearted, meaning the word literally there, tender-hearted, is just it really just coming from your bowels. You're really feeling it in, in your stomach. It is something that compels you to act. It's almost like eating a bad burrito or something like that, and we just really feel it, and we're just okay, we got to do something about this. We got to act. You know, it's the same instance here where, where we're so kind and we're so loving and compassionate towards our, our, our fellow brothers and sisters that we just feel in our body. It moves past the, the proverbial oh, thoughts and prayers. It's more of it compels us to act to, to the betterment and to make that and to show God's love to our brother and sister. Forgiving one another, 
just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You know, I think about I think about these these words and you know, recently, you know, with everything uh that that's been happening um, as it relates to, you know, the pandemic, how that's being administrated, how it's being administrated um, to race relations and still dealing with inequality and, 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 and injustice. Uh, I'm still figuring out the different perspectives of those that profess to know Christ that feel slightly differently than mine. And it makes me a little angry. It makes me a little resentful because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, man, this, this is so clear. How can you not get this as it relates to um, how, how Blacks are being treated? Or how is it that you're not getting this as it relates to the pandemic and, and how that's being worked, how it's being worked out? And, and I find myself angry and resentment towards other believers towards my brothers and, and, and sisters in Christ. And so the temptation of mine is to just be like, you know what, man, I'm just not going to talk to you. I'm just going to cut off my relationship with you. I'm just not going to, not going to deal with you. You're not going to get it. And it's just, I'm not going to deal with it. And it's funny because this, this is, it's not funny, but it is spilled over into, you know, my personal relationships here, you know, at, at, at my, at my house with, you know, with my wife's a cell. I remember early this week, we had an argument and it was an argument that like, I just, I just took it to another level and I didn't need to do it, but I had a jerk relapse, you know, I just, you know, took it. And, and it was like, there, I realized how much anger and resentment that I have in relation to not just what's going on, but how it's distorting how I view my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm reminded by these verses that if we're all called to a new identity in Christ, that it should not be this way. It cannot be this way because how can I profess to those that know Christ that, that Jesus is the way that he wants you to be a part of his family, yet in my anger, I am putting away or I'm putting off those of my fellow brothers and sisters in which, in which it shouldn't, it should not be. You know, when we walk in our calling, when we walk in our purpose and when we operate, as Paul, as Jesus, uh, as Paul lays out in his letter to the local group of believers, when when we accept our new identity and and when we are humble and gentle, we are able to um, to operate as one body, recognizing that we are one body, one uh, one body, different parts, but each body all the more different. We're able to operate and move together in unity. When we are gentle and, 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 and humble, we are able to appreciate our gifts that Jesus has given us in the forms of apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, 
pastors and teachers were able to appreciate our, our J.C. Andersons or our Barbara Sanofskys. We're able to appreciate our, our, our teachers, our Ryan Longneckers, our Rob Schmitz, our Alvia Lees, our, our Matt Cullens. We're able to appreciate our, our leaders, uh, our praise and worship leaders, our ministry leaders that God has brought to us to build us up and to make us more like him and to operate in unity. When we're kind to one another, we're able to be a light and an example to those that are on the outside looking in that's wondering, what is that hope that is in you? That's uh, that's mentioned in uh, Ephesians chapter five. When we are kind and, and when we are compassionate to one another, we are able to operate in mutual submission in our homes, in the areas that we work, uh, as mentioned in as mentioned in Ephesians chapter five, uh, the later part of five into the early part of chapter six. As we forgive one another and as we are accept our and operate in our calling in our new identity, then we are able to bind up and come together as a group. And we're able to go against the spiritual principalities. We're able to go against the powers and the rulers that mask itself under the guise of racial injustice, that mask itself under the guise of greed, under the guise of, of of hating one another, other the guise of of self of self importance, self preservation, we're able to come against those spirits operating with the spiritual armor of God, in which we have the shoes to take us where we need to get to with the gospel of peace, with the belt of truth, the truth being the word of God Himself, with the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that God in our new identity has made us righteous and, and holy before him with the shield of faith uh, and with the helmet of salvation, knowing our identity and knowing who we are in Jesus Christ, knowing that we can go forth boldly with the word of God, that we'd be able to take the word of God and that we'll be able to 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 utilize this this weapon and we'll be able to 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 encourage others and to exhort others this is what we have as a group of, of, of believers when we come together from different backgrounds. It's not about being Democrat, Republican. It's not about being American. It's not about being Mexican, black and white. Those things, you know, they may have some level of importance, but what precedes all that is our identity with Christ. And God is calling each and every one of us in a world that promotes individualism, in a world that promotes self-promotion, Motion. God is calling us to put aside those things and to live into and to lean into operating in our calling, which is to not only be a, a, culta, a multicultural community of God believers, but also to love and to serve one another, knowing that, that as, as Jesus said before, all men will know that we are his disciples because we love one another. So then what then would it look like for us during this time to put aside, to make of low prior, a lower priority our desires, what we believe our rights should be, what we believe or our interests are? What would it look like to truly put that aside and walk into our calling 
as a multicultural ethnic community of believers who not only loves God and has been chosen by God, but has also been called and chosen to love one another as been outlined by Paul. Well, as our practice was this morning, we are gonna get the chance to do a little part of that. And so if you have your phone nearby, I'm gonna ask you if you might just grab in your phone. And as you grab your phone, I want you to think of an individual within our community, within the community of believers. It could be LBCF community. Uh, it could be, you know, family members, you know, someone that, you know, um, has relationship um, with, with Jesus and someone who's in, in our community. And once you have that person's name in your mind, I'm going to ask you to just look them up. They could be on your phone or, you know, or maybe they're on some messaging app, but just have that person's name in your mind. Once you have that person's name in your mind, then think about a characteristic or think about a strength of theirs. What is a strength that you've seen in that person? Maybe you've seen that they've been kind. Maybe they're encouraging. Maybe they're faithful. What, what is that one word or strength or characteristic that you've seen in that person? Just jot that down. And then what is the reason why you chose that trait for them? So it, it looks something like this. So Manny, I hope you're 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 on the you're on the session. I can't tell who's on and who's not. Um, but Manny Gonzalez, one thing I appreciate about Manny is that he's faithful. And I say that he's faithful because he's been, you know, connecting with me through, you know, through calls and, and through texts. Um, also, I believe through emails as well, mainly calls and texts. And, and uh, even though, and this is on me, I haven't been as faithful as it relates to my response to him. He's been someone who's always been faithful and just checking in and just seeing how I'm doing. And so, Manny, if you're listening, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you for doing that. And so let's take a moment. It'll be a couple of minutes. Let's go ahead. We've identified our person. And let's go ahead and let's jot a text down to them or let's just mention or just say, and don't send it yet, but let's take an opportunity just to recognize that person, what specific trait or characteristic we appreciate about that person and why is it that we ch chose that trait. Let's, let's take a minute to do that. It's funny, online, a minute could seem an eternity. <laughs> However, just going to give you a little bit more time to write that, whether it's in a text form, whether you know them on Facebook Messenger, whatever communication tool that you use. And once you're done, go ahead and click send. Go ahead and click send. The cool thing is, is that in a small way, we get to 
we get to live the Paul life. And even though that we are quarantined and even though that we are restricted in, in our movement, it doesn't stop us or it shouldn't stop us from encouraging, for being kind and being compassionate and leaning into our calling as the collective body of Christ. Because by this, all men will know that we are God's disciples in the way that we love one another. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. God, not only do you choose us for you, you choose us for each other. And so Father, during this time of pandemic, of protest, of our own self-gratification or or, or our own self-importance, Lord, I just pray that you remind us that part of the big G gospel is not only our relationship with you, and but it is also magnified and colored in our relationship with each other. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.